Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a Lip Media Podcast. We're talking again. Our bodies were made. I'm Lucy Thomas. And I'm Brendan Levi. Are you? (laughs) And we are the Swapcast Podcast. Every week we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. This week we are watching the 1989 comedy romance (laughs) Dream a Little Dream starring Corey Feldman and Piper Laurie in which an accident puts the consciousness of an elderly dream researcher into the body of a bratty teenager. The problem? The kid prefers dream world limbo to real life. We always love to hear from our listeners, so slide into our DMs on Insta, send us an email on the swapcastpodcast at gmail.com, or chuck us a review on iTunes so we can get to 100 reviews and do an episode on Facebook already. We we want to do face off instead of shit like this. Just get us You're to giving that. away too much of what we thought of this film in the intro. Uh, let's let's just get straight into this fucking train wreck. Dream a little dream. You guys have been begging me to review this show, review this film on the show for a while now. So was it worth the wait? Or would you prefer to go back to movies about penises coming to life? I, I don't want to go back to penis world. <laughs> but, penis world? I'd love but, to go to penis world. But I think um, what's happened here is... <laughs> Please um, tell me what's I've happened I've gone crazy. No. Um, is that 89 is too far towards the 90s. <laughs> it's like you got to get the sweet spot of like 81 to 84 yeah. for your swap goodness. And like the further you get towards the 90s, the worse it's going to get. Oh my God, yeah. it just... What happened? <laughs> Brandon? Uh, what was the question again? Do you think this is worth the wait or would you prefer to go back to penis mm. coming to life movies? I think I could have waited longer. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. <laughs> this this was a painful Full. movie. Yep. So, so long. I was watching it on this new streaming service that obviously doesn't have you know, Netflix speeds. So every now and then it would like have to stop and buffer. And when it did that, it told you how much time Time was left. left. And I could swear it was going backwards. (laughs) Backwards. (laughs) Every time it was like an hour and 50 minutes left. You're like, I thought I had watched an hour of this film already. (laughs) Why is this still going? You would think, uh, I don't know, the eighties with a double, a double Corey, like, 
Yeah, it just it should have been better. <laughs> there are actually like a lot of great actors in this film. I mean, the concept, the the actors, there was the ingredients here for a film that could have been enjoyable on some level. Yeah, it had it did have the ingredients. But the script and the direction just were so Awful. Oh. I felt like I was watching like an experimental art house yeah, it film, was really, but a bad one. Yeah, like... it was really undercooked. Like it was so cooked because it was fucking crazy. <laughs> but it was undercooked. Like it, there was not enough. It, like the 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 pacing was just painful. But the actual reason for sw- the swap and like the consequences it, there was not enough there it was spread so thin it, it didn't really make any sense to me yeah like i was half an hour into the film and i was writing notes like what the fuck who are these people Same. i don't know what's happening i am confused yeah and then it's like the further we get in it's like oh, okay so we've watched all these swap films before we've seen voodoo we've seen spells we've seen like and this was essentially Tai Chi made them swap? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, what? Yeah, the, there's, um, sorry, there's this old man that's obsessed with dreams and he's like doing Tai Chi to get him into some dream consciousness, dream state. Yeah, it's can... interesting to hear you read the synopsis because apparently that was research. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's convinces his wife to do it with, like the Tai Chi with him in the backyard. But like, it's just Tai and Chi at, though. And at the exact same moment, one guy's running through the backyard and a girl's <laughs> got a bike and they slam into each to other. And then that causes both of the old couple to disappear and enter the bodies of the two people who bumped into each other, the two people that but also into each not other. fully like the girls, like only like half. Yeah, she's, she's like a half way. Yeah, and he's a full swap because he was more into the chai chi. <laughs> oh, this film. so weird! It's just nothing's made clear. No, it's and not. It's just like I didn't. I get what was happening. No, and then the rest of the film's about him trying to fuck his wife out of the. Uh, <laughs> The girl. Yeah. Okay. And also, like, you said comedy, romance. (laughs) This film was actually about a teenage boy um, swapping into Michael Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) The further it went, the more they leaned into it. And they never said Michael Jackson's name. Though they did have a poster. There was a poster. Yeah. But I feel like Corey Feldman would have known Michael Jackson. Like, they would have been around, and that's, like, a whole other thing, given the current climate of what's going on with Corey Feldman. But it's like, what the fuck was that weird storyline? Like, he had the same hair, (laughs) his face was getting paler. But was that a thing in that time period that people started dressing up. No, it's Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman feels like he's like the son of Michael Jackson in some way. But it was getting more and more, like he didn't start out like that. Like he started out quite punky, like Corey Haim. And then like the more time went on and it's like, there was a dance sequence that made no sense. And the the dance where he impresses. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he's just standing there and she's like smiling at him like he's doing the fucking, best dance on earth <laughs> so uh, weird and like there's like so many moments of this film where it just cuts to nothing like do you yeah. know that it will just cut to an empty hallway or like it 
empty driveway or yeah, something. Yeah, do these blackouts. And or then... yeah, blackouts or whiteouts. I didn't. I I watched the whole so film. Disjointed. I don't understand what was going on. There was I, a time when you're in the same scene of the the friend uh, in the car, yeah, and he's talking to himself, and then it just starts to black out, and yeah. then come back to the exact same yeah. scene. Yeah, it was so odd because because the film deals with dreams. You're like. Is this supposed to be a dream? Oh, but do you know how that you would know that it was a dream? Is that there was toilet paper everywhere hanging from the house (laughs) and the and they put a really bad echo effect on like every eleventh word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's how you know it's a dream. Production designer. Because everyone Yeah, they ran out of money and were like, fuck, these dream sequences, we're just gonna have to use toilet paper. Like we got no money for a smoke machine or any effects. (laughs) Like that this is it. Crazy. And like I didn't understand. So uh, the thing is, the old man has swapped into the young guy's body, but then when he dreams, he can communicate with the young man that he's gone into his body. Yeah. Um, and the young man is giving him advice on what to do in his new body and how to swap out of it. But we don't know... But he's Why? not because he doesn't want him to swap out of it because his he doesn't like his life. But some he, some reason but this limbo. I, but is didn't it at the end we find out that that was all a trick to so they could learn a life lesson about something. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so hard to follow, and like the start, the start I was like, okay, you got your Feldman, you got your Haim, hmm. like they were like ripping their clothes and customizing their jeans for school. I'm like, here Hmm. come the eighties. Like, (laughs) yes. And that hair gel, like I was like, yes. And then just very quickly Mm. it became apparent. I was like, what is, there is no moment in this film that looking at Corey Feldman made me go. Yes. (laughs) Because every style choice he made was fucking horrendous. It totally was. (laughs) The hair is Gross, but the and it was total Michael Jackson. Like it was directly Michael Absolutely. Jackson's hair. Yeah, but it it was it, like I was like, here's some eighties like craziness. Yeah, you know. Mm. It, but it see it for me, fell apart so hard. I didn't have that moment of oh, this is going to be good because it, it just put me off straight away. Like the opening sequence, well, is. Is the that two two guy like the two Corys in a room, like talking about life or whatever? But it none of it is, is interesting funny or funny or, or, or relatable. Or, I also or... found like it, we grew up with the Corys. I yeah. mean, they're they're older than us, yeah. but like I loved the Goonies and Stand mm. by Me. I guess mm. I was more of a Corey Feldman fan, yeah. And I feel like them transitioning out of. Being young. Kids, yeah. And then into teenagers. And, like, you know that the shit that they were doing in their own time was, like, way adult. Like, yeah. you know, you can just you can just really feel it. Yeah. And they just come across as really seedy. Yeah. Like, you can, you can feel that. <laughs> but also in that scene, like, I didn't get their relationship. I didn't get who they were it to each other. It was very strange. And... Every so they would say a sentence, then the film would black out, 
and then go to like a credit like directed by blah blah yeah and with like a weird like saxophone noise over it so or no or was it someone scatting it was like it was scatting at the start scatting so it would like yeah they'd be like yeah man uh whatever dude and then it was skibbity boop 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 (laughs) Like, what is this? <laughs> also, did you see th- that was Corey Feldman's bedroom, right? Yeah, yeah. It was disgusting. So there was like trash everywhere, and they were sleeping on army cots, cots. like yeah. truly and no smoking. beds, no beds, and smoking yes. in his bedroom. There was so much inappropriate teenage behaviour in this. It- all the kids were smoking at school. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The mum was popping pills at the table. <laughs> like, it was it, oh, it was crazy. The 80s, man. <laughs> uh, and the whole gun thing at the end. So it's like a regular teen movie apart from all this, like, bullshit. But then at the end, like, the... the okay, so we need to talk jock. about the Joel character. <laughs> like, it, his character made no sense. It was like... He was half their friend, and then he was a school shooter? Like, (laughs) what? Yeah, I could not work out. It took me the entire film to work out if he was their enemy or their friend. I know. The whole film. Yeah. And then we find out at the end they were supposed to be best friends. (laughs) Yes. He's like, my best friend. That I never hang out with. Yeah, he hangs out with the other Corey more than him. And who's pretty much going to shoot me right now. Like, it just made no sense. Uh, my and he favorite... was called crazy, but we never saw him get crazy until like he starts. Yeah, he just snaps right at the end, pushes the the female lead on the floor, and then gets a gun and tries to kill people. Yeah, everything that happens in this blue. film happens in the last twenty minutes. <laughs> I'll say twenty minutes because it was. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the best moment of the entire film. You had to wait the entire fucking movie to get there. But the female lead gets drugged by her mother <laughs> for no reason. Then she gets put in the bed and he wants to get, uh, like, so he comes to the house to get to her, realizes that she's in bed. So he climbs the Because for whatever reason, they can't go to sleep because otherwise they won't be able to swap back. Although the reasons aren't really clear. Yeah. So then he climbs up the trellis. Like every American home in movies has a trellis you can sure. climb up to yeah. to the kid's bedroom. But yeah. anyway, um, is that like a design thing they put in on purpose? or You would think that you wouldn't do that because then the kids can just sneak in and out. Um, so he, he climbs a trellis, her window's locked, so he punches, punches the glass. Um, his hand's all bleeding. He goes up and he's like, wake up, wake up, and shaking her head. But because his hands are all bloody, he's covering her face with blood. And then the parents walk in and they turn the light on their, their daughter's just lying there with her face full of blood. And fucking Michael Jackson's doppelganger is standing over her. Screaming. And then, yeah, and then they, they pull him away and he's like, no! Yeah. It was so... That was funny, and that was the only time <laughs> but I it wasn't smiled. Supposed the whole- to be. <laughs> it was supposed to be the dramatic crux of yeah. the film. Yeah, the only time I smiled the entire film. Uh, I felt like there were some times when I felt even the actors were sort of unsure of what they were doing. Like the the mum's boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he looked lost. Yeah, absolutely. He looked like he had just he wandered off. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm in this film now. Yeah. And also the the chick that played Corey film. Girlfriend, 
Because he had another girlfriend. Yeah, he had his girlfriend that he was cheating on. She yeah. comes to the door of of the the female lead. Yeah. And it's like she has to say this little speech to like make sense of everything. Yeah. And she's like Yeah, Joel came to the thing and he pushed her down and now she's with Bobby and, it's and pretty I don't much Bobby's know. fault. And it, even she's like, I don't really understand why I'm saying yeah, all it's this. Like, like, what, yeah, why is this Bobby's yeah. fault that Joel's attacked his daughter? She's like, what is her motivation for the character? I don't it's like she's just trying to explain it for the audience, but it made no sense. Uh, you know what? I'm you know, I'm pretty upset at society right now because this film must have made enough money because it had a sequel. sequel. You know, shit, really? Yes. Are they in it? No. Oh. Uh, so, well, no, Corey Feldman is and oh, Hames. Oh, really? Yeah, I, oh. I watched the trailer. Oh, I was God. like, I got to see what this is. <laughs> what is this? That's really bad. But Mary. Like, and there's so what much more Michael possibly, Jackson dancing. What the whole trailer is just Michael mine. Jackson dancing. What do we have possibly to do get out of <laughs> Is it another body swap? Unfortunately not. Oh, really? It's so. It feels so pretty cool. Like, it's like sun, magical sunglasses that make you, like, f- force the other person to do what to do. Oh, my God. Is that what the sequel's about? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Anti-consent glasses, and it's oh it's so God. it's so strange to watch that. That made this even more jarring because it felt like such a like teen romp kind of thing. And this film was like, that, yeah, actually, that film does sound more fun than this film. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one felt like they were trying to make some point about like teens today and what's going on in their lives. Yeah, it's, and it's so like, hard to be a teen in mm. this day and age. Like, I, I, the, all the Corey Feldman um, like big kind of monologues, monologues were just so they just didn't make any sense. <laughs> it just was really like and. And, like, was that supposed to be a swap performance? Because at no point did I believe that was an old man in that body. Absolutely. How (laughs) underutilised was Corey Haim? Yeah. Like, it it just was barely in it. Like, it was so... It just didn't even matter. Yeah. It was just a waste. It's like they just liked shoving them together. Yeah, I didn't get what is the purpose of that character yes, at all. It, absolutely. All he did was follow Feldman around the and then occasionally talk to himself. with Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Amazing actor. Amazing career. Like, what? It, what? So, let's get to this as well. So, when he's, he's first introduced... He did you comes, think he was the husband? I thought... I did not know. I thought was they were che- he was That's cheating same. on that. I know. Because he came into the kitchen. The old man main character was upstairs. His wife is downstairs cooking. Harry Dean Stanton comes in, they grabs her from behind... And they make out. Yeah. Then he's like, "Are you gonna tell him?" Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I don't know. No, I like no context to what they're yeah. talking about. Yeah. It sounded like, are you going to tell him that, that we're, we're having, having an, an affair? affair? We're having an affair? Yeah. Then it just isn't mentioned ever again. Yeah. And then you don't find out till like halfway or even further than halfway that they're supposed to be best friends. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's like what she was actually alluding to. They were talking about, are you going to tell him about the Tai Chi weirdness? Like, Yeah, that she doesn't like the Tai Chi? Yeah. Was that what yeah, was, what was that? So Was weird. that what they were talking about? I think so, but it was very odd. 
any listeners out there, if you actually like and understand this film, can you tell us why? I can't wait for the review when you talk do the reviews that people have written. If, if I'm baffled. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't get how this film could have had any. I think I actually know. I've looked at my notes and now I remember. Late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Cocaine, right? (laughs) (laughs) The writers, directors, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, probably. Uh, Yeah, that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot of the production. Like, does that mean all the audiences watching it were watching on cocaine? And how? How? Because yeah, it it doesn't have a bad rating on like online, does it? Yeah, people think I know this film has a good reputation. People like this film. Yeah. Well, they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they weird me out. How bipolar was the soundtrack as well? Like, oh, my God. There were some amazing songs in it, like Van Morrison and Otis Redding, and then there were some terrible covers of Dream a Little Dream. And then there was some weird synth saxophone and the scatting at the start. Like, it just yeah. was so... <laughs> and it just punches in. It doesn't yeah, flow at any... Yeah. 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 And it's, like, so loud in some points. It was oh, it was yeah. really irritating. Yeah. I did... Yeah. The I, highlight for me was End of the World. I love that song. Which I'm surprised. What, yeah. I, I always thought that was, like, a later, later. song than this. Yeah. But I guess not. Well, it just made me think, oh, wow, this movie feels really old. But that song yeah. was out at this time, which made it go, oh, yeah, like, ugh. Yeah. And um, the, hey, kids, rock and roll. Yeah. Rock on. But they kept, like, um, almost playing it. Like, yeah. you know, like, the whole film, like, oh, is this that song or is this just sound <laughs> like that song? And then it would stop. And then, like, right at the end, they actually play it. Yeah. But 90% of this um, movie was them playing that Young at Heart song. Like, that came in so many fucking times. Yeah, which is like, the movie's called Dream a Little Dream. <laughs> like, it just... Uh... I know that, and it's very obvious that Corey Feldman was looking more and more like Michael Jackson as the film went mm-hmm. on. But I also thought he kind of was looking a bit like Dracula by the end as well. See, they made his face <laughs> so pale. Why were they doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, what other... You know, obviously he was going for a bit of a heartthrob thing at the time. And, like, he would have been on Teen Beat magazine or whatever. But, like, the film almost felt like it was going out of its way to make to him make unattractive. Like, yeah. he, he's had, like, a cut lip and a thing on mm. his forehead. And then he got a black eye and was wearing all these awful... And, like, the long, lank hair, which then had, like, one longer piece the Michael at Jackson the front. Piece, yeah, yeah, that yeah. came down was just like, oh. And he kept playing with it. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, dear. <laughs> like, uh, and then it's... It's trying to be Michael Jackson, but it's like low rent, like suburban Michael Jackson. Yes. Yeah. Did you see he had like the the light, um, the light reflectors on his shoulders yeah. and stuff like that? And yeah. like the thing on his belt and the red socks with those shoes, like it, it was so odd. It was such an odd choice. I really feel like that was his choice, though. I feel like he must have had some uh, enough clout to be able to make these sort of decisions for his wardrobe because that's definitely the. I guess the the route he's taken with yeah, his... Yeah, he's like, I know Michael Jackson. Like, Yeah, he, yeah. Like, oh, it uh, makes me think... I'm his some, protege or something like that. It makes me think there's something weird going on there. Like, you've seen Corey Feldman in the news at the moment. Like, what's that? Yeah. That's really odd. I there's guess real... we'll all have to read the biography and hope there's a chapter on this train wreck of a film. <laughs> <laughs> explains it. 
Mm, that really, really concerns me. So yeah. the uh, thing we always see in swap films is that the main characters usually have stupid, over-the-top parents. Yeah. And this film definitely had that. Yes. Um, like... They're introduced, the mum's always got like hair, curlers in her hair hair, and she's like sets a fire in her kitchen Mm -hmm. and they're like ignoring the kids. Like why, why are there these like over the top parents in all these films? I don't get it. Is it supposed to be funny? I don't know if it's supposed to be funny. I I, I feel like it's supposed to be that thing of like, you need to listen to your children. Like you don't even... You can't even notice that they've been swapped in someone else's body and that they're in a lot of trouble. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Um, and why was the dad, like, what was with the casting? The dad looked like the grandpa. But the mum looked, like, <laughs> super young yeah. as yeah. well. Like, I, at first I thought it was his sister. And I, I thought it was the grandpa. Yeah. I... Also, like, the first few characters you get introduced to in this movie... I feel like have a lot of those people worked with David Lynch. Like, <laughs> yes, they have. I was like, okay, <laughs> what? Like, I don't know. I'm like, you guys should know better. <laughs> well, yeah. What was it? Piper Laurie? Yeah. Yeah. So she obviously is in Twin Peaks. This mm. came out the same year as Twin Peaks. Holy fuck. And then, yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name? The best friend? Not not a uh, Corey Haynes. Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, so yeah. he's done a lot of David Lynch stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and what's so also weird is like there's this whole thing about dreams and there's this like yeah. opening scene of like dancing in front of a, yeah. a red curtain. And... Yeah, totally. <laughs> like they wish, you know, they're like Let's put a bit of a Lynchian spin on this. My God. Also, the girls in this film seem to be some part of some sort of dance troupe. That has no point. Yeah. And also, like, it just felt really inappropriate that they were the clothes that they were wearing at school. Yeah. And yeah. The, and, and the, the camera, like, sometimes just zoomed in on their asses. Yeah. And the, all the guys are just, like, allowed to be really Hanging out there. lecherous over them. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not going to say that thing of, you know, you know, like... That girls need to cover up because it's distracting to boys, but it was—it just felt very sexual for a high school dance dance group. But the first time we saw the dance dancing happen, we weren't introduced to her as a character yet at all. We at just all. saw, and it was like at the end of a scene, it randomly cut to her doing in the class spinning, and then it cut away. And then we don't return to it for another like 10 minutes. So it's like, oh, sure. We know what's going on. I we... was so fucking confused. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on at that school. What was the point of the, the gang warfare of this school? Yes. And... I know. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. They went, they went all like the outsiders towards the end with the, the gun? whole gun and, you know, trying to keep Pony Boy from shooting. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> Yeah, it was very strange. Very, very strange. All right, now it's time for our favourite segment, Hot or Not. Take it away, Lucy. But you've got to sing it like uh, Corey Feldman would, which is like singing like Michael Jackson. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) that The way you're hot or not. No, (laughs) no. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Are they a toot or a boot? Are they ugly or cute? Tell me if they're hot or not. Boom. Everyone, Everyone is beautiful, beautiful in, in their, their own, own way. way. 
which we really had to believe in this segment. Yep. So as, <laughs> is, our, as, as is our tradition with uh, teenage films, we will be friend or foeing the characters mm-hmm. that are teen-aged. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, Corey Feldman as Bobby Keller. Would you be his friend or his foe? Foe. <laughs> like, gr- yeah, he was a foe. he was a weird dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think I could be friends with anyone that dresses up like Michael Jackson every day. Yeah, <laughs> and and just they'd live in a universe where nobody's fucking mentioning it. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, nothing. Even like. As a grandpa version of him or as the normal version of him, both seemed equally so unappealing. Odd. Well, yeah, so we, odd. we saw like a brief window of who he was before the swap and he was very juvenile and... Yeah, their favourite over- pastime was going through an elderly man's um, garden. F- garden and knocking over the flowers. Mm. Like fuck you. That's only funny when they in between us do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he but, seemed like a piece of shit. But yeah, the, their age group as well. I feel like this was like their final year or something like that. Mm. It was just yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so foes across the board. Foes across the board. <laughs> Meredith Salinger as Laney, the romantic interest, the young one. I feel like I wouldn't really want to be her friend either. She didn't seem like a very loyal person. <laughs> yeah, she was quite willing to just cheat left, yeah, right, and centre. Yeah, and like, if you don't, he, the Joel guy was terrible. Fucking break up with him. He was yeah. like me tooing the shit out of her. Yeah, it, but yeah, just you know, like but yeah. What was was it? Jody, the 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 um the girl that Corey Feldman was dating. I, I think so. Yeah, something like that. Well, yeah, like she was perfectly fine to like completely go behind her back and hang out with her boyfriend and not say anything about it as well like and like why in what world are they in this relationship but they don't spend any time together or it doesn't make any sense (laughs) yeah yeah but no laney gets that's a the problem with foeing laney is that she's like stunningly pretty so i think i'd want to be her friend she she also has a lot of self-respect. Like, her mother treats her like shit. This is true. And she's, like, constantly calling her out on it. So I do I do have a lot of respect for Lady. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to give her a friend, even though she's, like, a backstabbing bitch. Mm. Because she's pretty and I'd want to be in her orbit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, I don't know. Did you ever see the film Lake Placid? Yes. Yeah, so she's in that, which was like 10 years after this. Yeah, wow. And she was smoking hot in that <laughs> film. So she, she's she's remained a looker over the years. So good, good on you. Corey Haim as Dinger. D- Dinger? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if anybody remembers. Did anyone read Puberty Blues? Yeah. Yeah, nope. I'm pretty sure dinger is a thing, like a word for condom in like 70s Australian slang. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they call them dingers. I don't know why, but I'm going to say friend. 
He well, seemed he, loyal to his yeah, dumb, was, like his crumb bum of a friend. We didn't learn enough about him. And really, also, to like, know who, he was kind he of was like a, a lovable weirdo. Like, yeah. he kind of had his walking stick because his <laughs> mum ran over his foot and just, like, I was here for Which it. Which played no yeah, consequence. I know. It's of like the he story. actually had a broken foot for, and then just the had to ride like, it in. Yeah. <laughs> and he had quite a sensible reaction to his friend um, bringing a gun and wanting to kill one of his yes. classmates. He's yes. like, do you really want to be doing this? Yeah, yeah. So, um, to keep you out of jail, bud. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm giving him a friend, Susan Blakely as Lainey's mother. Oh, he hot or nodding her? Yeah. Friending her. <laughs> Friending no, we her gotta, the, the we drugger. Got, she, she's she. We can fr- hot or not her. Yeah. Um. No, she was not hot. She had D- Princess Diana's worst haircut, <laughs> and also horrible mother. Drugged her own daughter. Was telling her that she needed to like settle. Just, yeah, the... and like succumb to whatever Joel wanted. Because um, he had prospects, which was he was going to college. Like, yeah, yeah. She she was a bad chick all round. Cool child services. I'm giving her a hot. <laughs> Why? I loved all of her outfits. She had one I, outfit. I, I'm no, pretty she sure she... she was to begin with. She had like this black kind of dress with a belt on it that I really liked. And then you can she see wearing... she's got a lot of camp appeal. She was like smoking at the table <laughs> and like constantly had a glass of wine she in her hand. Fabulous as fuck. Every gay man wants to be that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, she's always and, got and a glass like of wine. in reality, that person is a very dangerous person to have around your child to and, be in charge does, of children. Does every gay man want to be married to that <laughs> what the guy with the, the, mullet guy with the, the mullet. moustache i uh, know but um she was like she lived in this fabulous house she always had a glass of wine in her hand and she was, was popping she pills was drunk. Yeah. always <laughs> popping pills in front of her daughter and like has so many pills on her that she you know she needs to randomly drug her daughter she just pulls, pulls out that out pill of out of her pocket yeah here we go um yeah so i'm giving her a hot doesn't even phase the husband either it's just like she would like actually have to go to court over (laughs) over that she drugged a child (laughs) um reddit are you gonna hot another uh not (laughs) oh well i guess that hair is like hangover carol brady hair like the hair what is that the hair wasn't great it's sort of like that that, like the helmet with the little mullet flick out yeah. yeah Terrible. Any, all the clothes she was wearing, you could put on someone in like 2020 Today. and it would look spot on. I don't know, man. It looked like she was going horse riding or something. <laughs> but in the most fabulous way possible. Well, she's all yours. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So William McNamara as Joel, the abusive boyfriend who 
wants to shoot all his friends. So faux. He was so <laughs> fucked up. And he said, all girls want me. And I'm like, dude, you are wearing an electric blue suede fringed jacket. Like, you need to fucking simmer down. Uh, you know what? I, I would wear that jacket. <laughs> it, would look, it would look great on you, Paul. Yeah. You, with the right... If, with the, with the right, right turtleneck? Yeah, you put the right it thing on It made no sense that he was wearing it. I'm like, what is this character? Is he a jock? Is he alternative? Is he, like, a cowboy? What was that jacket? It didn't make any sense. But at the same time, he was, like, the most plain-dressed person of all his friends. Like, yeah. there's, like, the punks, and then there's, like, the, the greasers. Well, it goes and- to show you, like, what people were wearing in this film when the person wearing the sw- blue suede fringe jacket was the most plain. Mainly dressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, he it, it, it was something about his eyes. He was there's these beady eyes as Those well. Eyes. Those yeah. eyes of a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so very good casting. But mm. um, <laughs> yeah, definitely giving him a, a foe. Brendan, are you foeing him? him. You, you don't want to be his friend. No. Well, <laughs> Freddie might shoot me. Yeah. He's like, I got a little more of this. Puts a flask up. And this, a gun. It's like, Jesus! <laughs> yeah, what? I was, I was thinking, this is a bit pro- problematic that he's drinking and driving, and yeah. then he pulls out a gun. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he brought it to a just, new level. <laughs> this shit got real. All right, so one for Brendan. Piper Laurie uh, as Gina. Oh, as in hot or not? Yeah. It's really interesting. I was I was looking at her and she looks far better here than she does in Twin Peaks. And yeah. it's the same year. Yeah. I just yeah. Uh, so how I wonder how old she was at this. She would have been in her sixties at least. I'm just gonna give her a hot because purely based on you know when they swap back or whatever the fuck happens which how did it even happen who knows she's just fully dancing in the kitchen when yeah. she's making food and yeah. it made to, no sense to 80s yep and she was just going for it she's living her best life it's like good for you honey live your life <laughs> brendan are you hard and letting her uh like I said, like she she was far more like she looked far more elegant and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm giving her a nod, but I'm saying she she looked much better here than which is really surprising. So yeah, I'm gonna give her. Oh, she's for her age. She looked great. I felt sorry for for being in this film. So gonna <laughs> give her something. Yeah. She was another one who she didn't know why she was there or what her character was. It just she was like, "Help me, Jesus, help me." Uh, so Alex Rocco as Gus, the uh, one that swaps with Corey Feldman. Very old. It was kind of always wearing a dressing gown. That's so, a no from me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the old shouldn't be the, the issue. Uh, boring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we like dumb pretty people so yay (laughs) and i love (laughs) yeah i agree the constant bathrobe look is Mm. you know Mm. just put some effort in man yeah um and he was an annoying character so i'm gonna give him a knot Mm -hmm. no across the board yeah (laughs) fuck you guys (laughs) r.i.p (laughs) <laughs> you have to edit that out That's... What about Harry Dean Stanton? Harry Dean Stanton uh, he, he is a knot I love him with the fire of a thousand suns Yeah it, But it, that 
like matching jogging suit. Yeah. Unforgivable. Yeah. And I find it creepy that he just goes and makes out with his best friend's wife. Yeah. <laughs> it, that was so bizarre. <laughs> Um, also, we haven't even... Next time I see Katrina, I'm just going to make out with her and see if it's okay. I'm just going to say... I, no, if I'm in the other room, it's okay. <laughs> then you Katrina, say if you're listening to this, you, know yeah. you got something to look forward to. <laughs> it, also, like, we haven't talked about how Corey Feldman, who is essentially an old man... Mm-hmm. Kept pashing the young girl. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she was half his wife, so half. But <laughs> none of that was present. So it, it just made no sense that he was constantly, like, ferociously trying to, like, nail her down. Yes. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. I think I think this film is benefited from the fact that it's so vague and undefined that it would have come out more creepy if it was actually clear actually, what was happening. Yeah. And if Corey Feldman could act like an old man and yeah. yeah. No. yeah. It's just so stupid. Why didn't they just make it a straight swap? Like why didn't they make it that the woman and the man got changed into the young yeah, and then they could have like been trying to help each other. It could yeah. have been like a fun adventure. It would have been a romp. Like, yeah, and like is... the two old people trying to navigate school together. Yeah. <sighs> and like make the swap a real reason, not that they just did Tai Chi and then bumped into each other. <laughs> Should we remake this movie? Let's do it. No. <laughs> I don't want to have to study this text anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Opinion Swap, where we find some interesting reviews of Dream A Little Dream from across the interwebs, but mostly just Letterboxd. All right, so this one's from Dustin Kramer on Letterboxd, and he didn't give it a star rating, but he says, For the first half hour of this, I was like, this is fine, middle of the road, 80s teen comedy romance fantasy fluff. And then it kept going and going and going. After the third or fourth dance number music montage, I looked up the runtime and got legitimately angry <laughs> that this thing runs six minutes shy of two hours. I hate the characters, all of them. They are obnoxious, disgusting, and downright cringeworthy. There's also far too much hand-waving of bullshit masculine posturing, including liberal use of fag and faggot to razz some cool bros who dare to get lost in a moment of emotionalism. In one scene, a girl is blamed for provoking her boyfriend after he hits her. That boyfriend goes on to threaten another teenager with a handgun before the Feldmeister dispenses some old soul wisdom and diffuses the situation. It's all quite stupid. I feel like Brendan wrote this review on his phone <laughs> Just like this. a second before you looked it up. Yeah, it, And at half an hour is generous. I gave it seven minutes of like, oh yeah, the 80s. Here we go. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. He just kept going and going and going. And the thing about the runtime, we said that exact same thing. That's funny. All right. So this one's from Robin, who gives it four stars. Oh. Wow. And she says, watching Corey Haim goof off among crop top football players in slow-mo with Otis Redding, I've Got Dreams plays is as close as I'll come to a celestial experience. <laughs> They were so young as well. That's really <laughs> gross. <laughs> All right, this one's from Chuck Dowling, who gave it one and a half stars. What if David Lynch made a body-swapping teen comedy? Okay, that's unfair. This makes slightly more sense than a Lynch film. Still, what 
in the blue hell is going on with this thing? It's madness. It doesn't take place in our dimension. It's weird and random and disjointed and frustrating. The latter of those because at the core, it's a nice story, but the execution is nuts. Banging soundtrack, though. Um, and just nobody's mentioning the Michael Jackson thing. It just... Yeah. <laughs> It's insulting to David Lynch. David Lynch does this shit. Absolutely. I'm all for it. Whereas this didn't actually. There's a method to the madness with. He doesn't doesn't always. He doesn't always uh, carry. Hit the mark, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this, yeah, you're right. That was an insult to David Lynch. He's (laughs) far better than this piece of shit. shit. This one's from Dylan Strike on Letterboxd. He gives it one star. He's quote, he quotes Roger Ebert, who said, no movie featuring either Harry Dean Stanton or M. Emmett Walsh in a supporting role can be altogether bad. And he says, sorry, mm. Roger, I found one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we'll finish off with Nick, who gave it one star. And he says, at one point in this movie, an old man trapped in the body of Corey Feldman uses a mix of Groucho Marx's cigar walk and Michael Jackson moves to seduce a child that may or may not contain the soul of his elderly wife. This is a true story. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, why are you putting this dance sequence in when Corey Feldman is not a very good dancer? And like trying to make him do Michael Jackson moves, which are really hard. It was... Uh, I like why. Why did the old man want to do Michael Jackson moves? At Who no knows where, thought, point, where thoughts come from? They at, just at no point do you believe for one fucking second that there's an old man in that goddamn body. Absolutely, there's no yeah. old men don't sound like hey dude. Mm. Oh, fuck, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we asked to watch this. <laughs> okay, now it's time for tenuous recommendations where we each recommend a movie, TV show, song, album, or book that is connected to today's movie in some way. So hopefully the people at home they didn't watch this movie first to listen to this episode. They've saved themselves from that, and now we can give them something else to watch instead so they'll never have to experience what we just experienced <laughs> for the last two hours. So, Brendan, start us off. Okay. Well, I've done something a little different. Uh, mine's going to be an anagram. So, my film... <laughs> what? What's... Lucy's banging her head for some reason. I'm not sure what's An going anagram? on. Anagram? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An anagram of what? The entire title, Dream a Little Dream? No, no. Um, the year. I'd be impressed. I'd be <laughs> fucking impressed if you did that. The year? The year, yeah. So wait, so you're, you're picking a film that was done in 1998? No, no, no. 19, ni- uh, 1986. I've turned the uh, night upside down. That's not an anagram. <laughs> Some fucking Da Vinci Code shit going on here. <laughs> it's the worst. This is the worst link you've ever done. Okay. Thank hit, you. Hit us. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so uh, the movie After Hours came out in 1986 in Portugal. And have you heard of this film? I think so. Why do you mean in Portugal? Why well, does it have to be the Portugal? Because it came out in 1985 in, in America. So you, you should just I mean, have said you picked a good movie from the 80s. Like, truly, <laughs> what is wrong with you? 
I just like to see Paul get worked up. <laughs> what is your damage, little boy? Anyway, so uh, it's uh, one of um, Martin Scorsese's first films, uh, first few. I, I don't know if it was his very first, but very early on in his career. Well researched, Link. Very Thank good. You. <laughs> and so uh, you're about the Portugal release date, but you don't know about the chronology. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's this film. It's really funny. <laughs> fun. <laughs> it's everything this is not. Um, all right. So this film, right? Um, it's about this guy and he uh, ends up being involved in all these different things and he has all these little moments and stories. It's like a bunch of a series of vignettes that are all connected in, uh, by this one man. Um, just trying to to find his way home in New York in the eighties, and it's a it's a it's a Who fun act, isn't it? I don't think I have seen it. It's actually full of lots of cool people, like Griffin Dunn, Dune, Griffin Dune. Never heard of him. Is he a person? I'm <laughs> or a sure mythological it's a creature. <laughs> it's got Linda Florentino, Fiorentino, yeah, and John Hurd yeah. and uh, Catherine O'Hara from Shit's Creek. Yeah, nice. Rosanna right. Arquette. Tommy Chong. Oh my god, it's got the dad from um, Home Alone as well as the mom. Yeah. But it, anyway, I like, haven't seen it. I, I watched it a little while ago on a whim and it was just uh, like when we're talking about 80s and, and feeling it. And this is like that New York 80s, which is just this other like level. And um, I, I just feel like it. it's one of those films that anyone could watch and have a good time with. Uh, the story is interesting. Uh, there's a lot of comedic elements and different, you know, uh, great characters done by all, all these different stars that you'll probably know. So I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, um, it sounds cool. I would I'd be down. Yeah, I was actually, I've been meaning to watch this. I actually went to watch it the other week and it's like not available any like streaming services in Australia, like not even to rent at the moment. So really, I feel like it was one of those ones I saw on SBS on demand, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went searching for it and I couldn't say. So. But I definitely am keen to watch it at some point. So Yeah, we'll just have to order the DVD, hey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was your second Scorsese film you've ever... Oh, yeah, because I did linked. Silence yeah. as well. So I'm also going to double dip on a director. Mm-hmm. Um, so previously I've uh, recommended a film by Satoshi Kon called uh, Tokyo Godfathers. And this time I'm going to recommend another film he did called Paprika. And the link here is that it's also a film about dreams. Um, So the plot of Paprika is um, a machine that allows therapists to enter their patients' dreams is stolen and all hell breaks loose. Only a young female therapist, Paprika, can stop it. This film is like a visual feast. It's an uh, anime. Really experimental and tripped out. Like this... All the failings this film had about presenting dreams, this makes up for a thousandfold, like the most tripped out dream imagery you'll see. One of the more notable things about this film is that Inception ripped off a lot of it in plot and sequences. Mm. So um, that's the thing with Satoshi Kon. He's only made a few films before he died, but they're all quite influential and a lot of big directors like Christopher Nolan and Darren Aronofsky were huge fans and were highly influenced by it. So his other film, um, Perfect Blue, 
is pretty much Black Swan just ripped off the entire thing. And Inception just ripped off this entire thing. Yeah, so, Perfect Blue is on my list of, like, I saw the trailer for it and it looks trippy. I'm, yeah, I'm really into it. Yeah, it's fantastic movie. All his films, like, he made five movies before he died and they're all amazing. So um, We all know what you're doing though, Paul. What? You're trying to, like... <laughs> so, so if I recommend an act, don't discourage like, it, an actual film is what you're about to say. Like a prestigious film, you you're gonna claim that what well, I don't actually like it, and I'm only doing it for cred, or kind of, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's shit because it's not true. You can walk into my DVD room over there and see that I've got it on the shelf. Yeah, but a DVD room and then what is truly in your heart is they're two different things. It's a shelf away from Cadet Kelly, you know. It's there. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. In my heart. Um, okay, so weirdest thing ever, and this is, I didn't do this on purpose, but yeah. we're all doubling down on a director that we've already done. Oh, Isn't cool. that really strange? Yeah. Mm. So my, I'm doing. Paris, Texas, mm-hmm. um, which is directed by Wim Wenders. Mm-hmm. Wim Wenders. Mm-hmm. And it's got Harry Dean Stanton in it. And yeah. it would be one of my favorite films ever. Have either of you seen it? What's it called again? Paris, Texas. No, I haven't heard of it. I've, I've never watched it, but I remember in the drama classroom at my high school, the poster was above the chalkboard. So I remember staring at the poster. Yeah. What was it of? Was it of Natasha Kinski? No, it was kind of like the him scenery. in the desert. Yeah, with mm. him in the desert. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like a really rambling, beautiful, drifting road movie, partly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's sort of about, yeah, Harry Dean Stanton's the main character and he's just drifting through the desert and then sort of has to reconnect with his life and his family and himself. I won't give much more away than that. Total slam dunk of a movie. It. It is a slow pace, but it's got a very famous soundtrack and um, that is just so beautifully paired with the visual imagery. Yeah, I just, I love this movie. I can't believe I somehow connected it to, to, <laughs> to this the dream, a little dream. This is what I mean of like, I'm like, Harry Dean Stanton is in this movie. Like even the, you know, like he was in like. Pretty in pink, and even like his trashier <laughs> selections. He chose are, wisely, yeah. Yeah, like iconic, you know what I mean? So it makes no sense, but um, yes, Paris, Texas. Where would we rank <laughs> yeah. Dream a Little Dream on all the films we've watched for the show? So I can say without any hesitation, I'm putting it just above Pretty Cool, second from the bottom. Mm. Ooh. Brandon? I am also putting it above Pretty Cool. Actually, no, I... I, I was going to say, still... that Pretty Cool Kiss deserves better. Uh, well, no, I was going to say... Oh, no! I think I would rather watch... Uh... I reckon I'd rather watch Prelude to a Kiss again yes. than this. So, between Prelude to a Kiss and Pretty Cool. Which... That's third from the bottom. Yeah. I'm putting this second from the bottom. So, between The Cobbler and Christmas Trade... I think even the cobbler deserves better than that. Yes, well, the, the cobbler is above it. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, so Christmas Trade is mm. still my lowest. Yep. This is second to lowest. Which is ridiculous, yep. but God. <laughs> what do you mean it's ridiculous? Uh, out put of pretty all... cool up higher than us. <laughs> Christmas Trade is definitely the worst film we've watched. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... 
if you have an opinion on that, listeners, if you think Christmas Trade is a classic or the There's cobbler... no one that's seen it, Paul. You know there's no <laughs> one out there. I'm sure there's some diehard Denise Richards fans that have watched that film. <laughs> so next Coming. episode... I feel like we need we need a palate a, cleanser, like a palate cleanser, something to energize us, something with a bit of life to it. Yes, this film, it's I know it's got a lot of a shorter runtime, <laughs> so God. at least even if it is terrible, it, it's not we can two be in hours bed by a reasonable hour. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so any any light predictions of what what I'm about to say? I think it's going to be. Uh, Freaky Friday. I think it's going to be face off because we've got to a hundred reviews. So I just didn't. No, Damn. unfortunately, our listeners aren't good enough for that. Oh, Paul! <laughs> if they all got off their their uh, butts and reviewed us on iTunes already, we might be doing. We have face so off. many lovely reviews, and we're so grateful. <laughs> like it's incredible. Yeah, I if can't you've believe. written if you've written a, a review, like we love you, but if you haven't. Fuck you. Um, so, <laughs> if you haven't made a hundred dummy accounts for us, <laughs> all right. So, the film we will be doing next episode is a 2018 action adventure oh, called The Velocipaster. Oh uh, yeah. And what? <laughs> it's not a power cleanser, by the way. <laughs> Did you say 1820? 2018. Okay. <laughs> You just flip the numbers, you bloody anagram boy. Anagram, yeah. Uh, So the plot of Velocipaster. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China, where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first horrified by his new power, a hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. Oh dear. So there's no pastor involved at all? No, he's a priest. What? Oh, pasta. Okay, okay. Um, also, you thought it was pasta, like eating pasta. Yeah, I was, I was looking yeah, forward to like, that would have been way better. <laughs> um, also, just want to point out that that was their synopsis, not using PC terminology for sex workers. Okay, yes. Okay. That wasn't Paul. Yes, yes. That was literally the filmmaker wrote that. It was the IMDb, so. It's foreshadowing as fuck, I imagine. <laughs> Are we excited about Velocipaster? I've seen the poster and I'm so terrified. <laughs> Wait, how, how did you see the poster? Because it was it's like Sharknado. Like when it came out, it was like. Can this really exist? exist? Yeah. So wait, so he goes into the body of a dinosaur. Yeah. A, 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 like a, a, a priest. A priest k- t- swaps into a dinosaur, yeah. Oh. What could go wrong, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, we want variety. And if we haven't seen another priest turning into a dinosaur film on the show yet. So, you know, we've got to cover all our bases. I'm sure it'll be just as good as other dinosaur films, such as Jurassic Park. Uh, and- <laughs> yeah, there you go. How does that feel? Uh, so, until next time, I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. I was Brendan Levi. Yay. Bye. Bye. The Swapcast podcast is recorded in Adelaide, Australia. It's hosted by Paul Mitzi and edited by Brendan Levi and Paul Mitzi. 
Our theme song was written and performed by John Marco of Two Creative, featuring Lucy Thomas, and recorded at Browntown Studios. Our music bumpers were created by Reggie Parker. Contact him on parkerregmusic at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.